up, bitches? Welcome back to BoJack Horse Pod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today we'll be talking about season three, episode two of BoJack Horseman, the BoJack Horseman show. I'm your host, Kirsten McInnes, joined as always by the lovely Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, how are you? Oh my God, that was incredible. Truly incredible. <laughs> I was like, the whole time we were talking pre show, I was like, little does she know I'm about to drop a what's up, bitches. <laughs> Oh my god, that's too much, man. I was scared you were going to tell me to suck a dick, dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah Lynn, iconic catchphrases. L- only. Iconic catchphrases only. Now, yeah. how many times did I say Bojack Horseman in the last like minute? <laughs> a lot of times. Bojack Horsepod, the Bojack Horseman story, Bojack Horseman show. Yeah, that and was a lot. Season, and an additional Bojack Horseman for season three, episode two. Yeah. It's a wow. lot. Yeah. For Bojack heavy episode. Indeed. <laughs> Going back in time. We're in 2007. Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive. What's your, what do you, what do you remember from 2007? So 2007, uh, fall of 2007, I was beginning my senior year of high school. So that's something, I guess. <laughs> 2007, I started grade 10. Mm-hmm. That tracks. So I started at a new school. Oh. In uh, what part of the world? I was in Cold Lake, Alberta. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't, not a lot. Actually, in 2007, I took some of my options credits in high school as multimedia. I actually took multimedia three times to get different credits each time. And in that first or maybe second multi, I think second multimedia I took, we learned how to record a podcast. Whoa. 2007. I feel like that was like the early days. I think it was in, I think that was the second time I took it. So I think it was in 2008, actually. Still. In 2007, we were busy. Oh, wait. No, we had to do. Okay. In 2007, multimedia, we had to create a fake product and then we had to create all the marketing for it. So we had to do a photo shoot. We had to do a radio ad. We had to do an infomercial and we had to do a commercial. It's kind of cool. And I have, you may or may not know this. I've never taken anything seriously one day in my life, (laughs) uh, except for the things that I take too seriously. So I decided that the product that we would market, my group, I cre- I was the brain of this, I take full credit, was we created a line of designer paper bags to wear over your face if you're ugly. Oh my God. It was called New Face. Uh-huh. And you Face, which I think is actually the name of a product now. Probably. It must um, be. But let me look. New Some face. sort of skincare or something. It's a microcurrent facial toning device. Yeah, there you go. So they do, I guess, microdermabrasion, but I wouldn't. Oh, it's a microcurrent. Okay, never mind. Not microdermabrasion, but it's apparently it tones your face. Can you microdermabraze yourself? I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. Oh, it's one of those, you know, those things where it has like the little, it's like a facial thing, massager and has like the two metal balls. Yeah, one of those. It's one of those. Yeah, new face. Anyways, not a sponsor, but not they could a sponsor, be. but they could be if they if they want to send me one, I'll try, I'll try it. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the product we designed, and we did an, a radio ad, we did a, a TV ad, we did print ads, uh, and then we did an in- infomercial. And how'd you do? I definitely got a decent grade. I don't remember being upset about it, so I, that means I must have gotten at least an eighty-five. Because <laughs> I would have been devastated to get even an eighty. <laughs> in 2008 that's familiar yes <laughs> oh, but God. yeah so 2007 yeah just 
two 15 and 17 year olds two 15 and 17 year olds so I'm thinking should we just zoom through all of the Todd stuff right off the top because it's completely unrelated yeah I think that's a great idea okay so obviously in 2007 Todd's what like 16 yeah probably he's like 24 now in season end of season two he was 24 so yeah probably 16 17 yeah so obviously he he hasn't crossed paths with Bojack yet no so it's a simpler time it's a simpler time for Todd so we see Todd and he is with his friend who we find out is named Emily Mm -hmm. Emily voiced by Abby Jacobson yeah which didn't mean a lot to me I looked her up at the time to see because I felt like her voice was familiar but it I mean broad city yeah like baby broad broad city baby yeah if you don't have a guess there's like a decent chance that like one of these women was in broad city yeah that's true Mm -hmm. and two episodes of Portlandia I didn't watch that show me either I know nothing about Portlandia I tried to watch the pilot and I hated it so much and I turned (laughs) it off and never turned it back on but yeah Abby Jacobson you know her from broad city yeah there we go and also from this, from being Emily. <laughs> from Emily, yes. So Todd and Emily are hanging out. Todd got a text and it asks, who do you like? The winky face. Yeah, it was uh, like semicolon, close bracket. Yeah. And he says, I don't like anyone. And she says, you have to like someone. Yeah, classic move as a teenager, I guess. Who do you like? But anyway, he likes Kimber. Just like I feel like else. I would literally never have the balls to ask someone I like, who do you like? Because I would be devastated when they said somebody else. Oh, yeah. That was a mistake I regularly made, I think. Mm, no, I would never make that mistake because that's the thing. When you're Kirsten McKinnis, you never shoot your shot <laughs> ever. And so I would never have done this. But good good on you, Emily. You took well, here's the thing. I think I think what I would have done would be like, who do you like? And then they'd be like, oh, even if they had said me, I would have been like, neat. And then <laughs> just like had no idea how yeah, to what would you have, respond to that. How do you how do you convert after that? <laughs> just like, oh, OK, bye. Like, oh, you like me interesting bye yeah take care let us never speak again (laughs) yeah literally okay so emily says she's not allowed to like anyone because her dad is like like the guy in the sopranos (laughs) yeah that show the sopranos my dad does that yeah and speaking of mobs they have to go to a flash mob on their (laughs) on their skateboards so 2007 so 2007 and then the next scene we get of them is Todd and Emily are in a closet at a party for seven minutes in heaven. Yeah, things have escalated. And Todd is like nervous because he's never kissed anyone. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, well, you could practice with me. And then like when you get alone in here with Kimber, like you'll know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, she is a pro because she practices all the time with her picture of Adam Brody. That's also a very 2007 thing. Yes. So. <laughs> okay. I was very fond of Adam Brody as well. I'm still fond of Adam Brody. He's hot. (laughs) He's woke. He knows what's up. What's he up to now? Does he still do things? Well, he was just in a movie that came out quite recently that I have not seen yet, but I have heard is a delight. And then he was in that hide and seek or game night, whatever that horror movie about the board games was. Right. Which was very good. Let me look. Let's see what our good friend Adam Brody's been up to lately. (laughs) Oh, ready or not. This called Ready or Not. Oh, yeah, and he was in Promising Young Woman. I forgot about that. Well, there you go. He's been working consistently. There's no gaps on his resume as I scroll (laughs) down. Happy for him. Honestly, I want nothing but the best. Nothing (laughs) but the best for Adam Brody. Yes, agreed. Yeah. 
Which Damn. 2007 was when the OC ended. So yeah, I definitely associate the OC with like end of middle school and like early high school as opposed to this time. That's because you wisely choose not to think about season four. Yeah, I think I, you know what, I'm not sure I watched it in real time, season four. I definitely did, and it was not the best, but (laughs) OC in general, great show. Mm -hmm. Great, great show. We have to say that we're legally obligated because we've got some (laughs) big OC fans listening. Great. It's great. But yeah, so they, she's, she's like, I'll teach you how to kiss. You just close your eyes and just like move your faces together. And it's so funny because they're like literally four feet apart. (laughs) Eyes closed. (laughs) Takes so long for them to actually kiss. I really thought that this was headed in the direction of them like bashing their faces off each other, but that did not happen. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like really awkward, but then they just hit the target. They kissed. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be like a biological thing, though, where like a person can always find like another person's face in the dark or something. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know. Let me look it up. How do you, how do I Google that? Can you find a person's face in the dark? I don't know. Why do I see faces in the dark? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, OK, I think, you know what? I, let's just say I made it up and move on because we don't need to go down a dark path. Oh, God, this is so distressing. Anyways, so then, equally distressing, we're in the two-month-later portion of the episode, and Emily wants to have sex with Todd in her parents' bed. Yeah. Why is that a thing? Why do people have sex in their parents' bed? Yeah, I don't know. This, yeah, not, yeah, I have no good explanation for you. She's very interested in not peer-pressuring him, (laughs) but very odd that they're not in her bedroom. Like, I feel like it's very much a thing in pop culture where people will be like, oh, I lost my virginity, like, in my parents' bed. Yeah, like, yeah. why? Yeah. Ugh. Some, like, weird shit going on there. <laughs> like, wh- I, why did you want to do it there, you weirdo? <laughs> the very place where I was conceived. Ew, 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 you made it so much weirder. Ew. <laughs> it was already so weird. It was so gross. And then you took it way further. <laughs> stand by it (laughs) oh my god maybe that's why this has never been a thing i've been interested in well i can't say that that's why i've never been interested in having sex in my parents bed but i've never been interested in that so (laughs) yeah yeah todd's ready for sexual situations and they take off each other's beanies i know oh hilarious very hilarious but their parent her parents come home early Mm-hmm. And Todd is afraid of her dad because he thinks her dad's in the mob. Yeah. But no, he just edits the TV show The Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> Even worse, he must be so desensitized to violence and ruminations on the banality of evil. Oof. So he tries to hide under the bed. She pulls him out and is like, go out the window. You love shimmying, right? <laughs> so he shimmies out the window using the reel of the final episode of The Sopranos to climb down. And he rips off the last few frames hmm. Yeah. So I was not a Sopranos person. So this isn't super meaningful to me. But I definitely have heard like in the ending was super abrupt. But were you a Sopranos person? I have not historically been a Sopranos person. But I do know that it's all about the, well, the mob and this guy like going to therapy and stuff. And I think it ends on just a black screen and you're supposed to be confused on if he's alive or dead. Yeah, that's my understanding as well. They're like, wow, he marries Dr. Melfi. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so just a classic Sopranos joke for everyone who partakes. Yes, (laughs) for those who observe. And that's the whole Todd storyline. Yeah. I'm glad we knocked that out of the way because it's just completely 
unrelated. (laughs) Do we want to then also do the same thing with the Mr. Peanut Butter situation? Yeah, sure. Because I feel like everything was all like super separate. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's not a ton of overlap here. They were like, here's distinct... It's kind of like the after the party episode where there are, like, three distinct Mm -hmm. storylines, except for they are not related at all, and we don't get them, like, one after the other. They're, like, jumbled up. Yeah, if we don't do the the rewind. Which was good. Like, it didn't need to be, like, in three distinct parts, but I think that's probably the easiest way for us to talk about it. Agreed. Okay. So, and I feel like it's good we get to end with the BoJack of it all. Okay, so Mr. Peanut Butter and his second wife, Jessica Beale. Yes. Who voices herself. I appreciate that she also recognizes that, like, nobody knows her from anything except Seventh Heaven. I don't know her from Seventh Heaven. Do you know her from anything? I've definitely seen her in stuff, but I've never seen Seventh Heaven. I'm surprised. I feel like you're that would have been a show that would be allowed in your house. Mm, weren't they, like, Catholic, though? I think they were maybe like Baptists or something. Yeah, they weren't Seventh-day Adventists, so... Yeah, he was a minister, though. Big into Jesus. My mom would always talk about how the pastor's kids are always the worst kids. <laughs> I think I feel like that was like a plot. I don't know. I've never seen some of that. Yeah, I can't... Like, just you saying that is triggering something, but I think that... It's also a just a fact in life from, yeah. from my mom. Yeah. I've seen so like none of this. Okay, let's see. Her most recent, a TV show called Pete the Cat. Never heard of it. <laughs> 2019, a show called Limetown. Never heard of it. Also, the Pete the Cat, a very groovy Christmas. Oh, no. <laughs> she was in Justin Timberlake, had a documentary, I guess, that she was mm. in. She's in a TV show called The Sinner. Never heard of it. Yeah. Not I'm, a fan of the vaccines, this Jessica Beale. I might know her from my now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Hilarious. Oh that, my god. <laughs> that might be the only thing she's done that I've seen. Yeah. Other than wow. like one episode of New Girl. Yeah. No, I really only know her from Seventh Heaven and that one episode of New Girl, probably. But yeah. And so Mr. Peanut Butter and Jessica Beale are at a coffee shop and she's like, Why do you say yes to everything? Mm-hmm. Uh, He's a new face of Seaborn Seahorse Milk. Which I feel like is really disgusting. Yeah. She's like, what is that? And he's like, I don't know, but you can believe I trust Seaborn. Sounds gross. Uh, Yeah, sounds terrible. Like, I don't... Do seahorses produce milk? (laughs) Famously not. (laughs) Well, how am I to know? (laughs) They're not mammals. Well, I guess, yeah. (laughs) I guess when you you Google seahorse milk, every response relates to BoJack Horseman. That makes sense. Yeah, I have a note here that says, not overseas, underseas. I don't know if it was like an overseas job or something. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. She says, I don't know why you're going overseas to like be the do all these dumb ads. Right. Oh, I guess in SpongeBob, they also have seahorse milk. Oh, that's weird. Huh. There's this t-shirt on Public, and it's a BoJack Horseman shirt, and it says seahorse milk, and then it's like a carton of milk, and it says seahorse milk with a seahorse on the side, and it says, keeps your seahorse baby from crying. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and Mr. Peanut Butter says, hey, I'm not too big for anything, and my flip phone is blowing up. <laughs> yeah, he's just up for taking any job. He doesn't think anything is beneath him, and he's just going to take whatever comes up. Honestly, respectable. Yeah. The coffee shop they're at is actually where Diane is working. Yeah. Blarn. Blarn. That's her name. Mr. Peanut Butter, when he orders an Americano with steamed milk instead of water, she goes, so a latte. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) And like in the episode that we 
mentioned the after the party one when he made the Starbucks room and he had written Blarn on her cup. Oh, yeah, that's extra cute. Yeah. Okay. And then Jessica, we find out Jessica Beale likes to drink a hot drink on a cold day and a cold drink on a hot day. But today is a perfect day. <laughs> so what's a girl to do? So a lukewarm coffee. For my second and final wife. So awkward. Mm-hmm. Literally so awkward. Diana also gets a letter from her boyfriend, Wayne, aka yeah. Marcus. And it's a, de- a letter of decline from the New Yorker. And then Wayne and her other friend, who I whose name I did not catch, just make a bunch of jokes about the New Yorker. Yeah, I have written Roxy. I don't know if they said that, but I looked up what her name is. Roxy, who also voices the executive in the episode. Oh, there you go. It's Fielding Edlow. I think I had forgotten that Wayne was her ex-boyfriend. I think I was thinking just like her buddy Wayne. No, they had dated. That's why it was like awkward. Yeah, and that's why he wanted her back so badly. My favorite credit from Fielding Edlow is definitely when she played Club Girl uncredited in Magic Mike. (laughs) Who could forget? Who could forget? She's not done that much. Except for Um, two roles here. Two roles in this one episode. Mm-hmm. Did you know an episode of Corona Town, an episode of Mom Coms, an episode of Get Shorty, an episode <laughs> of Ribbit Rabbit? There you go. <laughs> oh, did some sort of comedy thing called First Nations Comedy Experience, but I noticed that she did that with Chris Fairbanks, who I'm a big fan of. Chris Fairbanks. Chris Fairbanks does stand up comedy, and he has a really fun podcast with Karen Kilgariff called Do You Need a Ride? No, I haven't heard of that either. And so the premise of that originally was him and Karen would pick up their comedian friends from the airport or drop them off at the airport and record the podcast in the car on the way to or from the (laughs) airport. It's called Do Do You Need a Ride, you know, because like, do you need a ride to the airport? But now it's just like been obviously Zoom calls, but it's just very funny. Like They don't really have a specific topic. They just talk about like the comedy industry and just life and jokes. And it's it's very fun. And it has a very good theme song. Are you leaving? Are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. And then he does a mouth <laughs> trumpet. Like, I would say he's as good at mouth trumpet as Rob Sestronino is. Wow. That's quite an endorsement. It's He's quite good. <laughs> they have very fancy podcast cover art. Yes, cause, and Chris Fairbanks designed it. Oh. He's also an artist and a skateboarder. So talented. Shuttle their guest tour from the airport somewhat dangerously in a mobile sound studio. Yeah, and then they stop at Starbucks a lot, and so you hear them <laughs> order, comes full circle. ordering their Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, full circle moment. Anyways. Yeah, Diane's just excited that someone even read her thing, even though they rejected it. Yeah, she's like, it's, it's they said it shows promise. Yeah, <laughs> despite its evident merit. The next thing we see is Mr. Peanut Butter and Jessica Beale are fighting in the Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And and they're not getting service because Diana's on the phone talking to her mom, saying that McSweeney's is going to publish her uh, open letter to open letters, which is it's a website. Yes, we got to print it out on our own paper with our own ink. You're not getting me with that. <laughs> but Jessica Beale telling Mr. Peanut Butter about her new buddy Justin. Yeah, just her friend Justin. Sounds like you're really in sync. Exactly. And then. I like there's lots of fleeting moments with the Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane of it all. Yeah. So it's been two more months later by this point. And Mr. Peanut Butter is hosting a fundraiser for fundraiser for the John Edwards campaign. Yes. Erica, you know you're not allowed to vote in national elections. I what? Does that mean that she is a felon? 
It kind of sounds that way. So not allowed to vote in federal elections. Have not allowed near children. Mm-hmm. We could draw some dark conclusions about Erica. Erica's a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And then they make lots of jokes about John Edwards and like touching people. Yeah. She was like, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. But like, ugh. Yeah. Still icky. Just so icky. Diane's there working as a cater waiter. Yeah, you barista and cater. And wait. <laughs> I love the use of barista as a verb. I like it. Yeah, it's wonderful. And yeah, so Mr. Peanut Butter and Jessica Beale break up because mm-hmm. she wants to go marry Justin. And he's like, whoa, whoa, that's not what I said. Yeah, Mr. Peanut Butter's like, well, I think if you love Justin so much, maybe you should continue being really good friends with him. And she's like, fine, I will marry him. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, she, he's like, that's not what I said. Mm-hmm. I like that she also uses her name in like, un-Jessica Believable and Beal with it. Yeah, I don't love it. But like it's like it's a it's a good move for comedy. But if I ever knew somebody with that name that was doing that, I'd be like, listen, we got to have a serious conversation about you <laughs> not doing this ever again. I'm going to need you to stop immediately. Yeah, I'm, I, like this is uncomfortable and I'm going to tell you why. OK, so then that's when Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane have the whole like, oh, are you barista and cater and waiter? Yes. And Diane says that she thinks it's cool that he puts himself out there. He mm-hmm. says, if you care what other people think, you won't do anything. And they have like a very, it's like a very awkward, like meet cute situation. But he remembers her as Blarn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, no, my name's really Diane. Yeah. Mr. Peanut Butter takes off his shirt to change into a different, for out of the tuxedo shirt into a more casual t-shirt. And he's like ripped. Yes. <laughs> but he's not like ripped, ripped. Yeah. I mean, hard to tell under the fur. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ugh. But yeah, and then he leaves, and then that's where we leave them. But obviously something happens between then because they do end up dating. Yeah, he tells her to add him on MySpace, and it's like, see you later, Diana. And she's like, it's Diane. Yeah. So that's the Mr. Peanut Butter segment. Now we get to get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Yes. <laughs> so Beautiful. <laughs> the episode starts, and we see that it's Princess Carolyn and Bojack have hooked up. But they do it in such a way that, like, we don't realize that this is the first time they ever hooked up. Like, at first it looks like maybe they backslid after the last episode. Yes. But, in fact, it is 2007. Yes, as the radio hopefully tells us. 2007? Is that what time it is? Yeah, I gotta get my eggs on and go to work. And so Princess Carolyn is like, that was weird. And Bojack's like, but it was weird because of, like, us, not because of the talking penis thing. (laughs) He's like, yeah, just because it's us. So... I don't want to know what the talking penis thing is, so that's fine. (laughs) And then, yes, Bojack tries to get her to play hooky and stay home with him and says, I just got a new HGTV DVD player. Let's get wrecked and get shrekt. (laughs) Truly incredible line. (laughs) Shout out, shut up, Tim. Yes, exactly. Princess Carolyn goes to pitch movies to her boss, and her boss is, I don't remember. Marv. Marv. Yeah. Marvel doesn't even get a credit on the really? IMDb. I'm assuming he I'm assuming he's Mike Hollingsworth who is credited as voice but with no character name. <laughs> that happens a weird amount. Marv's voice by Paul F. Tompkins. Oh. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even catch it. Oh, it does say Marv next to his name. I feel like you and Maddie are always like, Oh yeah, that's definitely Paul F. Tompkins and then I'm like, it could be any man. 
Yeah, no, I definitely didn't collect that this was him. <laughs> so Princess Carolyn is pitching him scripts and is like, okay, I read a couple of good ones. No Country for Old Men. He says, no, title's too long. Good movies have two-word titles maximum. Yes. She says, there will be blood. He says, no. Yeah, what, did he, what were the examples he gave? Like, it'd be good if it was called, like, be blood or something. I don't remember. Yeah. There will or be blood. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But then she has a TV pilot from Cuddly Whiskers. It has an original, originally a much longer title, but she cuts it down on the spot to try and get it a shot because she wants it for BoJack. Yeah. It was called The Life and Loves of Mitch McFadden and His Friends and Family. <laughs> She's like, it's called Mitch's Life. It's like, perfect. Yeah. Which is hilarious because obviously No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood, both very successful. Yes. Are they both remakes? That sounds... Maybe. No Country um, for Old Men is famously my mother's least favorite movie. No Country for Old Men, based on a Cormac McCarthy book from 2005. So it's not a remake. It was based off of a book. The only Cormac McCarthy... The Road? Yeah. The the Road is the only one I've read. And it was horrible. <laughs> Did you? Re- I liked the book. It was like meh about the movie. Oh, I never saw the movie, but I hated the book. I had to read it for my political literature seminar in university. And I hated it. (laughs) Yeah, no, my mom, she saw No Country for Old Men. I think she maybe saw it in theaters and she was like, it was the worst movie I've ever seen. And she brings it up periodically how much she hated it. Oh, that's like my mom walked out of the theater when she saw Full Metal Jacket. And she would talk about it years and years later about how bad that movie was, which is funny because I think that that's like a critically acclaimed like good movie. Oh, yeah, I think No Country for Old Men is also Yeah, but my mom just hated it. She left the... Oh, it's funny that There Will Be Blood is a Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Oh, true. Tell that to the Widow Day-Lewis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) I I think it's also not a remake. I don't know why I thought it was. It's No, it's just loosely based on a 1927 novel. So I guess I think that movies based on novels are remakes. (laughs) Just adaptations. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Did we set up that the Mitch's Life one was written by Cuddly Whiskers, who we heard about last week? We d- mentioned that it was from Cuddly Whiskers, but we did not mention that it's the same Cuddly Whiskers that Jill Pill was worried about last week. Yes, exactly. Princess Carolyn pitches Bojack, and Marv is like, the best agent in the world couldn't get him a job. Like, mm-hmm. Sorry, not yeah. happening. Bojack turns down everything that is offered to him. Exactly. So she decides to trick him. So she shows up to bring him four locos. She brings him four four locos. That's 16 locos. <laughs> Finally, someone brought me enough locos. Do you have any experience with four loco? Zero experience. I got really into four loco in like 2012. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the thing about four loco is it gets you so drunk. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole thing of Four Locos is that it's an alcoholic drink, but also an energy drink. Right. So like your bones really rattle when you're drinking it. And <laughs> That would have been my guess about what it was based on the name of it. It seems like one of those ones that's supposed to be like, this was super intense, they, but also you're going to get really drunk. Well, they come in these like giant cans. Right. Like. <laughs> so four of them would be excessive. Four, four Locos, I, like I don't know if I could have had two. And that was like at the peak of my binge drinking. it was a a bad time i think if i had tried to have four four locos yeah too many i think 16 locos is too many locos yes too many locos Um, so she gets him drunk gets him dressed and he comes to in the back seat of her car and she's like i knew you wouldn't come on your own like i had to kidnap you 
we're going to meet Cuddly Whiskers. And she says, if you're a good boy, we can do that weird French thing you saw in that video online. <laughs> Parkour? <laughs> uh, hilarious. I think that's a, like a 10 out of 10 joke. Incredible. I laugh so hard. Really subverts your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They go to Cuddly Whiskers' house and we find out that he is coming off the success of Krill and Grace. <laughs> she did a lot to help Krill people. What type of animal is a krill? Sort of like a shrimp, I think. It's a fish? It's a... Oh! Oh, I don't like the way that looks. Oh, yeah. They're not not very pretty. I'm (laughs) afraid of that. It has too many legs. Yeah, too many waving antenna-looking things also. Why does it have so many legs if it lives in the sea? That's a great question. Oh, but it turns out they can digest ocean plastics. So I guess they're probably pretty essential. Mm-hmm. So, good thing their reputation has been saved by Cuddly Whiskers. Oh, but they're so scary. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> Not an article called The Secret Life of Krill from the New York oh, no. Times. Can't read it because it's New York Times. <laughs> behind the paywall. Oh, it's not behind the paywall. It's letting me read it. Which means I'm using one of my free articles on this. What's the secret life of them? I want to know. I don't know. I don't understand this article. This is above my intelligence level. Anyways, he's done a lot for krill <laughs> krill people. Yes, indeed. His assistant, a Jill Pill, who is not Jill Pill at that time, is there. And they have a creepy, weird relationship that I don't care for. Yeah, it's weird. Some sort of weird, like, did I say you could speak wench? Which, as we know, is one of the two binary genders. Witches and wenches. Land wenches <laughs> and sea witches. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, gross. But yeah, he... Cuddly Whiskers wants to do something different, something that lasts. And that gets Bojack's ears up. Yeah, because he's basically like, if you want to stop just being like the horse from horsing around and make something that matters, then maybe you should email me or whatever. Yeah, so he gives, and he talks many times about how he went to Harvard. Yes, um, just keeps dropping like, the, when I worked at the Lampoon, that's the Harvard Lampoon. <laughs> like, yes, I get yeah, it. Yeah, and he's like, email me at uh, harvard.edu. It's very funny because Bojack didn't even notice because when he's talking to Princess Carolyn about it, he's like, I was like, damn, he must have gone to Yale or something. Yeah, I know. Oh, that killed me. So good. Crush. Love a little bit Ivy League humor. Yes, love it. He's like very worried about doing something serious because like what if the show is good but he's not good and Princess Carolyn gives him a pep talk like you're so handsome and it's like smart and great and if you can't see that then you're the biggest dumbest piece of shit around (laughs) yes such a good pep talk honestly that would probably work on me if someone said like you're smart and talented and great yeah if you can't see how great you are then you're a dumb piece of shit then I'd be like okay (laughs) I guess I'm a dumb piece of shit but this person believes in me yeah, I mean, I feel like if anyone just tells me nice things about myself, I'm like very prepared to believe them. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe you're onto something here. Oh, Tell me more nice things. Maybe you're onto something. <laughs> well, and that's why I just love having you around because I feel like we give each other the validation we need. So much validation. It's honestly so good for me. <laughs> Which is, so are you, I feel like we've talked about this and I can't remember and I feel bad. You're a words of affirmation gal then. It's not my number one, but it's definitely up there. I think my number one is quality time, my, but I do love it. My number one is qu- quality time. No, my number one is physical touch, and my number two is quality time. Right. I don't know yeah. where words of affirmation lies for me, because I actually kind of get uncomfortable when people are too nice to me. 
Mm, yeah. See, I really like words of affirmation from people who like I care about. But if it's people that I don't know that well, I'm like, eh, okay, don't praise me. Don't praise me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable and don't know how to respond. Yeah, that's like when you're like, oh, so who do you like? And they're like, you. And you're like, mm, okay, bye. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out of here. So then we get, it's two months later. Princess Carolyn and Bojack are still sleeping together, and it is now the day of the first read-through of this show. The show seems incredible. It does seem incredible, and Bojack gets Princess Carolyn a gift, and it's the perfect gift for a cat, a box <laughs> full of crinkly tissue paper. I loved that. It was so good. She's, like, instantly distracted by this, like, ball of paper. Yeah, she's just playing. <laughs> he, he has to, like, take, take it, away, it from away from her. And then it's, like, kind of cute the way the scene ends, as you can tell that he, like, leans into her and, like, holds the paper away because he wants her. Like, it's, I thought it was a very cute scene. Yes, I agree. He, like, holds it up high, and she's like, give me it, give me it. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, this is actually, like, very endearing for them as a couple, where I don't feel like we get or have seen much of that. Well, yeah, because when the show starts, it's after, like, they've been through, like, the ringer, basically, of treating, of Bojack treating Princess Carolyn really badly and not giving her what she needs. And uh, this is, like, when something is new and fresh. Yeah, I guess so. Like, you're still in that nice little honeymoon stage. Love the honeymoon stage. Yeah. <laughs> and so now they've they've done their first read-through, and, you know, the stiffs, they're going to want to board it up. They're going to want to ruin the show, but then they mm-hmm. don't. They have no notes. The show is perfect. It's going to be bigger than horsing around. Yeah, and Bojack's like, oh, God. Like, you can tell that this does not land well with him. He freaks out because obviously he wanted it to be something different. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Cuddly Whiskers and he's like, hey, let's go balls deep into the script tonight. Like, let's make it what we want it to be. Yeah, because he's like, if they don't have any notes, obviously that means we're being too safe. Uh, hmm. Then we get Marv. Marv over the course of the episode has like a couple of points where he's on the phone, like talking about something very 2007. But I loved when he said, what? There's a panic at the disco? <laughs> yeah, the one before was like, what? She kissed a girl and she liked it. I have to hear more. Yeah. And Princess Carolyn is like, I want to be an assistant. And he's like, oh, you want to be a lady assistant? There isn't even a name for that. <laughs> Agent, you mean? Agent, not assistant. Ah, <laughs> Sunday morning. Eh, That's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. And a lady agent. There's not even a name for that. Yeah, agentess? She's like, it's just an agent. <laughs> and he's like, whatever. You can find. You're officially an agent. You can have my office. I quit. Because he's just like, this uh, This job ruined my life and I have a lot of regrets. So you can just have my job. And she's like, sweet. <laughs> he just doesn't even I'm have an any agent. reservations. I'm going to make it yeah. after all. He also, the like th- one thing that like we haven't really talked about that Marv talks about a lot is how he gets Princess Carolyn to buy lingerie for him to give to women he just like has seen in the street. Yeah, super gross. Really gross and weird. Yeah, not, I'm, I'm glad she doesn't have to work for him anymore. Me too. After 14 years of working for him. Yeah, it's a long time. Not good. Mm-hmm. Bojack and Cuddly Whiskers want to prove that this show is not horsing around so they like come up with a lot of suggestions like bojack taking a dump on a vhs of horsing around giving him a catchphrase but not like a catchphrase like was up bitches but not was up bitches <laughs> yeah because that's terrible so we'll come back and fix that and then like over the course of the night it's like bojack is getting drunk we see cuddly whiskers is like drinking out of like the hamster water bottle thing yeah, his house has all those hamster maze tubes all through yeah it. bojack is running in the hamster wheel at one point Mm -hmm. and they remake the show they make the show real bad 
Yeah, so bad. And then and they really lean into the what's up, bitches. They really lean into what's up, bitches. <laughs> and they decide to rename the show the Bojack Horseman Show. So now yeah. Bojack will no longer be known as the horse from Horse and Around. He'll be known as Bojack Horseman. Yeah. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. Then we get another time jump of two more months. And mm-hmm. they're at the premiere party for the Bojack Horseman Show. Bojack has cotton candy at a party. Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Princess yes. Carolyn has her wine. Yeah, no cotton candy for her. But she like sort of, she doesn't really confront him, but she sort of like alludes to the fact that he was basically like you're just an assistant oh yeah she's like when we want some coffee like we'll call you and then i guess he never called she's like yeah i just thought you'd call me if you wanted coffee yeah 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 it's a, it's a real bummer that they go from that like peak moment with the tissue paper and then like immediately have that fight where he just completely now listen invalidates her. if you want bojack to not be so good at sabotaging good things and you're gonna want to have to watch <laughs> another show like yeah, he's great yeah. at sabotage yeah, and does it so fast, very efficient in his sabotage. Effortlessly. Yeah, effortless, yeah. And so in this interaction, basically, she's like, listen, I'm your agent and I'm your friend, but I'm 33 and I want a family by the time I'm 40. I don't want to spend the next seven years falling in and out of love with you. Mm-hmm. And she leaves saying, for what it's worth, I loved the horse from Horsin' Around. Everyone did. Yeah, and like, so a couple things to unpack there of like it's a real bummer that when we start the show which is like seven years later they are still doing this like on again off again thing which is terrible yeah he really jerked but... her around for seven years yeah and at that point she is 40 bojack is a fuck boy yeah oh definitely so annoying anyways you had more to unpack uh, yeah i tried to remember what the other point was, was like, what, what else do you have packed in that suitcase of yours Oh, yes, yes. So she says, like, oh, yeah, everybody loved the horse from horsing around. And Bojack's like, oh, God, <laughs> like, what have we done? He wants the show canceled. Cuddly Whiskers is like, but this is what we wanted, remember? And he's like, no, but I, it needs to be canceled. And he goes, Bojack, this is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. It's like, to me, it's just baffling of, like, the executives were like, this show is great. Like, just produce it. And then obviously no one ever checked it again. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but I, this is fiction, in case you were unaware. <laughs> Wait, what? I know. This, this is not real. It is fake. It is actually animated. Oh, my God. I, I was sure this is like a docuseries about the life and times of Bojack Horseman. I hate to break it to you, but there's actually not half human, half animal creatures oh wandering around. We're going to have to start this podcast over, I think. Yeah, we've been really disingenuous. <laughs> Season one, episode one. Let's okay, go. Okay, let's go. <laughs> but Cuddly Whiskers is like a lesser talent, could not have pulled this off, but I'm willing to bet on Bojack Horseman. And then we see, like, on the t- we hear her from the TV, what's up, bitches? And then the episode mm-hmm. ends. And it's a new ending song for this week. Yeah. Yeah. Back in 2007, I was in an unsuccessful TV show. Yes. Back Something in 2007, like I was in an unsuccessful TV show. <laughs> that was good. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for, thank you. I'm so talented. <laughs> but yeah. So that's it. The Bojack Horseman Show. Yeah. I don't think Bojack did anything that warrants going on the list this week. I don't know. Yeah, do he ruined the show, but Cuddly Whiskers was like a full and willing participant in that. Oh, yeah. Big time. So like, I don't blame Bojack alone for that. And like when, when Bojack is like, no, we have to pull it. Oh, God. And then Cuddly Whiskers is just like, no, no, let's let's go for it. So like he hasn't gives him the opportunity to prevent this and he believes in it. So I don't think we can put this all on Bojack. Yeah, no, it was a it was a joint effort. I think that probably Cuddly Whiskers blames Bojack, but sorry, it's not only Bojack's fault. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, I don't really think there's anything else that was, like, particularly bad. He was, like, he, he was... rude to Princess Carolyn, but that's not new. 
Yeah, we're going to have to add that to the list every single week. Yeah, exactly. So, and no feedback this week on any of my things yeah. that I monitor. No feedback, but we did have a really great interaction on Twitter where one of our... So I, again, I've been tweeting at, at Raphael Bob Boxberg every day until he agrees to come on the podcast <laughs> or tells me to leave him alone. Which, like, again, if he tells me to leave me alone, I'll, I'll do it. I'll respect boundaries. Mm-hmm. But until the boundary is placed, I'm going to bother him daily. And so I posted a video, and Jules, Jules Gold, goes, not going to lie, as an avid podcast li- listener, it's weird to see your face and hear your voice at the same time. <laughs> also, at Raphael B. Dub, please let these wonderful people interview you. And then a di- our other Jules goes, not going to lie, I was confused when Kirsten started re- reading a tweet from Jules in the last recap because I hadn't <laughs> sent in a tweet this week, and then I got it. There's another Jules who loves and validates our Kirsten and Lindsay. So from one Jules to another, hi, surfs up. <laughs> This is so charming. And it's so cute. Uh, an adorable interaction. And then I replied with Jules and Jules, which was supposed to be like a Julie and Julia, Julia and Julia reference. Thing, yeah. But I don't mm-hmm. know if other people got it. But anyways, we got two Jules and they're it's adorable. And they're two best friends now. They're best friends. They said surfs up to each other. Incredible. Uh, once you've said that, you can't go back. Well, surfs up. Once you say surfs up, that's a, it's a sacred bond. <laughs> surfs Truly down beautiful. can be overcome, but surfs up, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nothing could overcome <laughs> Surf's Up. <laughs> yes, I did see the video that you sent out to Arby Dubs, and I was like, how could he resist this face? I know. So I was like, oh, I'm so adorable. Maybe maybe I, I could use my looks to, <laughs> to my advantage. <laughs> Let me persuade him with my beauty. Right? Didn't work. Yeah. No response yet, but uh, hope springs eternal. Yes, yes. It's going to be really great when this comes out uh, at the end of June. <laughs> By which time we will surely have talked to him. Well, it's just great because we're going to be giving like these frequent updates of things that are happening now, <laughs> but it's actually happening in the future to anyone who's mm-hmm. listening. Like in the past, I guess, for anyone who's listening to the, the pod. Yes. Yes, long in the past at this point. But that's okay. We we don't yeah. we, we don't need to date our podcast. That's actually <laughs> totally exclusively fine. what we do. Also, yes. Lindsay, we never talked about it, but you got your second dose of that sweet, sweet Pfizer. Sure did, yeah. I stood in a line for five hours in a serious indictment of the Ontario booking system. But yeah, no, it was great. And I am now double vaxxed. So in two weeks, the time you are hearing this podcast, I will be legitimately fully vaccinated whoa yeah big day it's a lot yeah very exciting big, big day but we we love to we love to hear it yeah yeah i love to see it so good uh, I, I guess that's it and that's all it's a very short episode of horse pod do we is there anything else we want to look up on imdb <laughs> oh i guess <laughs> we does. never talked about cuddly whiskers yes what's his name again jeffrey, he's the guy from westworld jeffrey wright from westworld yes yes and also from, I had written down another thing that I knew him from, you know, uh, hold on. The Hunger Games? Hunger Games, yeah, BD. He's a BT in Hunger Games. Yeah. But I really loved him on Westworld. He's very good. I stopped, what, what, okay, here's the thing. I stopped watching Westworld on the penultimate episode of season two, and I will never return, because mm-hmm. it, season two was so bad. Yeah, I only got through two seasons as well. I was just looking at this and I was like, oh, Westworld. And it was like 2016 to present. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no, it's still going, but I will never return to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't care. That first season, though, solid. First season was pretty good. Oh, my favorite thing actually that's ever happened. So 
obviously in Westworld they use I'm just, I don't even know if I've talked about this on the podcast or not but I think this is one of the funniest things that's ever happened so I'm gonna talk about it so obviously um Westworld is very big using that Romeo and Juliet quote like um these violent delights have violent ends and then also another piece of media famous for using this Romeo and Juliet quote these violent delights have violent ends uh, Twilight New Moon I'm worried you may have told this on the I podcast I certainly <laughs> have, but I'm going to tell it anyways because it's relevant. Okay. It's one of my favorite stories. So I, I don't really care if listeners. I repeat it. So if you're new, <laughs> I was watching Instagram stories one day and this person who I will not name goes, oh my God, Westworld stole this quote from Twilight New Moon. <laughs> oh no. I didn't know that it was from something else. Uh, there, there were more details this time, which make it an even better story. So I'm glad you told the rest of it that's amazing so funny yeah i think what you had said before was like someone thought that it was just from that not that they had like publicly been like oh it was was on an instagram story and i replied and i said i gotta tell you that's a romeo and juliet quote and they and they replied the next time we're like yeah i know now So I think they got. Yeah, a, I assure you, people have told me they got a lot of responses. Oh, very, very funny. That's the moment where you have to be like, "I know, guys, totally kidding." Yeah, but they. I don't think they did. I don't think they ever did. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Yikes. <laughs> So, Lindsay, what's what's going on for you in the end of June? I feel like I can, at this point, say I will be on the Survivor Top 40 countdown again, talking about Survivor Panama. That will be coming up at the time that you are listening to this. And if not, then I will bleep out what season. <laughs> I th- And I think I might be the week after that. Oh, I, I amazing. I think that might be when mine is. But... I think mine is June 26th. Oh, then mine might be the one at the start of that week. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. So but if if it's not, you have to bleep this out. Okay. But but I think by this point, it either will have happened or be announced that I will be doing the top 40 countdown for Millennials versus Gen X. Yeah. So maybe I'll just like bleep out both of them and people can just know that we are on the Survivor yeah, Top 40 countdown beep, around bleep. the end of June slash beginning of July. At the end of June also, June 23rd is when Too Hot to Handle season two drops. So there will be some Too Hot to Handle coverage, and we'll be gearing up for uh, Big Brother. Yeah. So this uh, the stacking of episodes right now that we are doing allows Kirsten. I I had initially said in the pre-recording that this would give us a summer vacation, but really it just gives Kirsten time to do three more podcasts. Yeah, I get a vacation. And by vacation, I mean I get more jobs. Yeah, this one's like short and probably not especially challenging. And that's like you have to do multiple times a week and three of them. So yeah, no, this one, yeah. I this podcast is not really the challenge. It's just that uh, I think having the time to do it. Yeah, exactly. Will be the, like we managed the to struggle. So we'll we're doubling up now so that we don't have to worry about it and don't have to ever miss a week. Mm-hmm. It's all for you, dear listeners. Exactly. Dear listeners, we do it for you. But yeah, okay, well, catch Lindsay on the Simpsons Then and Now podcast. Talking about two episodes of The Simpsons, one new and one old. Catch me on social media at Kirsten Said What, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can email us, bojackhorsepod at gmail.com or tweet at us at bojackhorsepod. There is also our uh, Google form that you can fill in if you want to give feedback on any like episodes coming up. But we will be back Mm -hmm. next week talking about uh, season three, episode three of Bojack Horseman. Bojack Kills. Ah, yes. Okay. I'm excited I'm about excited this. for this one. It should be it should be fun. Yeah. And uh something like that. <laughs> we'll we'll talk to you then. Bye.